Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. What more can I do for my country? What more can I do for my church? What more can I do for my community? What more can I do for my children or my grandchildren? And that's a great question to ask yourself. And you must answer that. So now we must answer that question, right? You must repurpose your life, all of us as Americans. And so we have to repurpose our lives. And how do you do that? And, you know, I can't tell you how to do that. I can't say, okay, here's what you got to do. You got to get up tomorrow morning and you got to go, you know, out and run for office. The destiny, the destiny of America is going to be determined by you, okay? By each one of you, not by me. All I can do is, is, is give you a nudge. I can give you a push. I'll give you a hug, you know? I'll give you a high five. I'll, I'll... I'll help you when you need help, but I can't do it for you. Only you can do it for yourself. We have to change the direction of the country. You have to repurpose your life. You have to understand that the destiny of this country is up to you and, and only you and you together in your families, in your communities, in your churches, in your counties. That's, that's how we are going to stitch the fabric of America back together. That was retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn here on the campus of Herbert W. Armstrong College in Edmond, Oklahoma, last Monday. My name is Grant Turgeon. You are listening to Behind the Work. Thanks so much for joining me today. As you notice there from that mashup of audio clips from Mr. Flynn, he was really focused on telling the audience how to find solutions. And really, he's talking about people taking action, people taking personal responsibility for the direction of America. Quite wise advice. And he said there over and over in that public lecture last week, repurpose your life. This really got me thinking about God's work and how all of us as true Christians and supporters of the work really should try to repurpose our lives as well. And God has a lot to say about repurposing our lives. He has a lot to say about the direction of our lives, how we should live. And it's really quite valuable instruction. You can see in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, a basic principle for how we should live our lives. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, But I fear lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Satan is subtle. 
Christ is simple. It can be easy to look around at the world today and just be extremely confused and to think that the path to success is confusing or impossible. There are literally millions of different belief systems and ideologies out there, millions of different ways that we could choose to live our lives. And all of this is intentionally confusing and bewildering on the part of the devil. Satan wants us to be confused. He doesn't want us to know how to live the right way of life. And so he presents to us millions of different options. But really all those millions of options are just under one umbrella. The wrong way of life. It's Satan's way of life. Now, the way that Christ describes things is very simple. There's the tree of life and there's the tree of death. There are two ways to live, two choices we could make. So when it comes to repurposing our lives, as Michael Flynn said, we have a 50-50 shot of making the right choice. We don't want to get confused by the subtlety of the devil and think that Christ is also confusing or complex. Christ is simple. His truth is simple. His instruction for how to live is very, very simple. This is an article titled, The Simplicity of God. From the trumpet.com, April 22nd, 2011. And it's actually a transcript of a trumpet forum, a lecture by Mr. Stephen Flurry. And he's talking here about his experience playing baseball and how he lost confidence. And his father basically took him to the batting cages and, and told him to simplify his approach. Just focus on making solid contact every time. Realize that you are playing a game that you love. Don't overthink it. Don't lose confidence or panic. Just hit the ball. Put the bat on the ball. Keep your approach simple. And that's really quite a powerful metaphor for the way we should try to live our lives. Keeping things simple. In this verse that, that I quoted before, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, the word simplicity, where it says simplicity that is in Christ, the word simplicity means without self-seeking or unselfish. Simplicity can also mean singleness or oneness. Basically, the simplicity of Christ. It just means God has a very direct, basic purpose for all of us. Yet Satan is trying so hard to distract us from that purpose. Matthew chapter 6 really reinforces this lesson of keeping things simple. Matthew chapter 6 verse 22 says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore 
your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. So basically, our eye or our mind should be single. We should have a singular focus in life. Just like Mr. Stephen Flurry had to just focus on hitting the ball. Just put the bat on the ball. Strive for solid contact every time. In the same way, we should put our entire minds, our entire bodies, our entire beings into God's purpose for us. God is very clear in the Bible what he expects. The very first of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. That means putting God first every single day. In our time, in our energy, in our effort, in our resources, in our activities, putting God first, praying, studying the Bible, meditating on his truth. That has to be our singular focus in life. And we all have to repurpose our lives to live this way. We are not naturally born and raised to put God first. It's just not what is automatic to us. We have to repurpose our lives to become this way. Matthew 6 verse 23 says, But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? It all comes down to our focus. Do we have a singular, simple focus? Do we possess the simplicity that is in Christ? Are we focused every day on doing God's work? on moving that work forward in our own lives, in our families, in our church congregations? Are we doing everything we possibly can to advance God's work and to speed the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth? We can have a focus on light or a focus on darkness. Our mind can be locked in on the kingdom or it can be absorbed in evil things. And if that's the case, we will not be very happy. We will not be very productive. Verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We can't have a split focus. We can't have split priorities. We can't try to balance God and the world. Now, there is a time for leisure activities, for relaxation, for pacing ourselves, of course. But whenever we are making idols out of certain physical things, when we are striving for materialistic things, money, maybe putting our jobs ahead of God, whatever it might be, 
if it's like we're putting God on one side of the scale and our job on the other side, or even if it's our, our wife or children, and then we're just trying to balance the two, that's not how it should be. God has to come first. The God side of the scale should be slamming down immediately because God has to come first. He has to be the heaviest influence in our lives by far. Matthew 6 is just an incredible chapter about prioritizing God and having a simple, singular focus. We all ought to repurpose our lives to have this kind of a focus. The world, like I mentioned, is extremely distracted and confused. Mr. Stephen Flurry points that out in his article here, The Simplicity of God. Just examples of young people, students, who just are not able to focus anymore. In this age of social media and video games and movies and television and music, all kinds of distractions bombarding our minds and stealing us away from God. How is a student today supposed to focus on getting his homework done when he has a smartphone, when he has a computer, when he has a television? when he has every kind of app imaginable on his phone or his tablet or whatever it might be. People get addicted to screens. And then they're distracted. They don't have that simple focus anymore. And all of a sudden, life becomes more confusing. People who are distracted from God all the time start to wonder if God even exists. I mean, that's the danger of it, ultimately. Matthew 6 continues here, verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Continuing, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. So that's Matthew 6, verses 25 through the first part of 32. Now, obviously, we all are physical beings and we need food and drink and clothes and shelter. But this is saying, don't put all your focus on the physical. Don't spend all your time worrying on those, about those physical things. 
God is right there. And he'll help us with those things if we will just put him first. Verse, uh, let's see. Yes, the end of verse 32 says, for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. And then verse 33 says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That is the simple life. That is the simplicity of God. If we just put God first, then everything else falls into place beautifully. This is another article here titled, The Best, Most Effective, and Powerful Work of Your Life by Mr. Andrew Loker in the March-April 2012 Royal Vision. Mr. Armstrong, the late Herbert W. Armstrong, who founded the Worldwide Church of God, said he did the best, most effective, and powerful work of his life when he was 88 years old. And by the way, Mr. Gerald Flurry, the founder and pastor general of the Philadelphia Church of God, is now 88 years old as well. And he's also doing the best, most effective, and powerful work of his life. But how is that happening? How are these elderly gentlemen accomplishing so much? Well, it comes down to their singular focus. A lot can be accomplished when we have a simple approach. Mr. Loker writes in this article, how much is God able to achieve through you and me? How much more could we be doing to help God's work? And then just notice this section from the article, uh, just very relatable, <laughs> maybe even in some ways corrective. Mr. Loker writes, Satan the devil is relentlessly working to dull our minds, to smother our spiritual passion, to squash the enthusiasm we should have for our calling. For this reason, we all face a serious daily battle against that inclination to let down. Why, after all, should prayer be so hard when it is such an honor? Why? when we are putting in our daily study of God's magnificent word, do we sometimes find ourselves studying the clock instead? As fallible human beings, we are naturally inconsistent. We tend to follow our bursts of energy with lapses into complacency. We rise and fall. We surge and retreat. We falter. We relax. That is the human tendency. It's so easy to build all this momentum and then slide right back down the mountain and have to start climbing all over again. But what if we are focused? What if we don't feel this overwhelming desire for leisure and entertainment and distraction and we're just wholeheartedly focused on God correction from God ought to permanently change us as Mr. Loker wrote 
God does give us correction. He does try to help us simplify our focus. Mr. Loker writes, assess yourself, be honest. How steady is your spiritual growth? Are you doing the best, most effective and powerful work of your life? That's really an important question to ask. And if we're not doing the best, most effective, powerful work of our lives, we need to repurpose our lives, as Michael Flynn said. Here's just one more excerpt here. This one's from the Education with Vision booklet. Education with Vision, written by Mr. Stephen Flurry. You can get a free copy at thetrumpet.com. This is one of the points for really becoming truly educated. Whatever career you pursue, strive to become an expert. Your job is a career. Your marriage is a career. Preparing for God's kingdom is, or at least should be, a career. Simplify your life enough so you can devote quality time and hard work toward what's important. God, family, work, the community, and educational hobby. And then whatever you do, work hard. God expects excellence from his children. He gave us minds for that purpose, to be developed and trained to operate effectively and efficiently. So, as Mr. Flynn said, repurpose your life. As Christ said, Simplify your life. Have a singular focus on the kingdom of God and your part in doing God's work so that kingdom of God can be set up here on earth. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time.